Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy! You, you're not alone I'll be there beside you For the words you can't live without You're not the same But I'll be there beside you When your world comes crashing Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of Reptile and Chill. Um, How do you do? Hello, I've got a, I've got a new introduction. Right, uh, <laughs> go on then. Can I hear it? Sorry, Haas, I know you've got it all stick, but this is the new introduction. And introducing to you the 2019 <laughs> podcast profile picture champion. <laughs> it's Mike Miadonis Fell. He's fat. He He's to, ginger. He wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw that you two had both decided to step up the game with your Photoshop edited pictures, and then the old man <laughs> took it to a whole new level. Right, okay. So you, you need you need to understand what a game is. Um, it's all good and well winning the game, right? But it's the the, the process of earning that right and playing with the field and that kind of thing. And what you literally did is threw your toys out the pram because you don't know how to play and you just smashed one out. I'm winning this. Yeah, I'm winning this. Now, what you've done now is you've put me and Danny in a really awkward position because we can win, win. We can take this further, but... It's not socially I'm not sure. allowed. Yeah, not, yeah we I'm not be sure doing if it. the Reptile and Chill fans want to see that. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to see it, to be completely honest. Um, I'm not sure team. I want to be fucking part of it. <laughs> in, my, in my head, that was that was just the next step. <laughs> you wait till you see the one after that. Oh, God. oh no. <laughs> right, okay. um, so for those listening, you probably noticed we've got a bit of a different uh, intro track. Um and whilst we love all the heavy hard tunes that we play, there's been a few people that have moaned that they don't like it. Um, what we're trying to do now is uh, take things just that little bit more towards the reptile and emphasis on chill. Um, you know, we you know that we're massive supporters of Mental Health UK, um, and we really want to push that forward. So the song that we played, if you listen to the lyrics, it's all about not being alone and coming together and that kind of thing. So obviously. What we've always aimed for is for the reptile community to find a place with us to be at one and be reptile keepers together. 
Um, but that also means as well that, you know, supporting mental health, if you are suffering or you do want someone to talk to or you want to feel a part of something which may help you feel better, then you are not alone and we are all here for you. Um, yeah, absolutely. On and I know we well. all individually, we reach out to people if we think that they may be struggling. You can tell by, you know, uh, uh, something that they've posted up and, and you think they're having a bit of a shit day, we'll reach out and just go, do you know what, are you all right? Do you want to talk? And, and I know we're all conscious and, and we're all doing that. Definitely. So I've got if, a tear in my eye. Oh, God, he's starting already. <laughs> right, so if you want to help support our charity of Mental Health UK or the podcast, then please head on over to reptileandshield.bigcartel.com and look at our, our merchandise. We've got some hoodies, some beanies, and some different T-shirt designs for sale. And all the profits of that go to Mental Health UK. So this is something that's really close to our hearts. Um, and, yeah, that, that's about it. I think I'm going to stop waffling now and let you guys talk. Please do. Can we talk about what we've been up to? Because we, and when I say we, I mean Hoss and I, um, (laughs) because Norfolk Border Control wouldn't let Danny uh, come out because he sent out a real shit profile picture. (laughs) Right, right. Let's get get this clear, right? What what actually happened, and what actually happens 90% of times is I'll get a message through on WhatsApp, and it'll be an image, and I'll be like, oh, what's this? And I'll look at it, and it'll be Dan... And Phelps cuddling each other, right, with a pint, saying, wish you were here. I'm like, well, I never got freaking invited, did I? So, of course, I'm not there. We've we've actually stopped inviting you now because it's just a waste of typing. Well, to to, to be honest as well, I, I think we have a pretty good time without him as well. Yeah, and we, 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 we've got a direct line to Norfolk Border Control and we, we ask them first and they just give us the thumbs down and there's no point getting in touch with you. <laughs> yeah, they just said but, don't bother. But- but we did we did pop to we um we took the kids out to Birmingham Wildlife and Conservation Park and I know we've had Adam Radovanovich on the show um he wasn't working that week but we went along and ha- had a look round and uh, it was a bit of a weird day it was snowing on the way there it then went to hail then the sun was out and it was beautiful and it was a bit like that all day but um I think me Hoss and the kids well and Sam um had a fantastic time there and uh i didn't realize that that's council run yes it's apparently there's one other in ireland somewhere northern ireland somewhere i think there's only two council run zoos uh actually left in the uk um which is uh I don't, know, I don't know whether it's a good, or a good or a bad thing to be completely honest um, i know they suffer with funding um yeah, I should imagine if it's run by the council, then, you know, it'll be quite a tight budget. Um, I know there's an awful changed? lot. Pardon? How do they get that changed? I'm I'm trying to win the Euro Millions, mate, but I, I just... Yeah, you buy it. <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> no, I, I tried again. I, I got a tip off a customer the other day, a fiver, and I bought two Lucky Dips. And I was like, you know what? I've had some shit luck recently. You know, I'm going to win 15 or 16 million. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It It, it didn't happen. Hey, if you won the lottery, I bet you Danny wouldn't be too busy to come out with us then, would they? Oh, well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet at, that, at that point, at that point, you'd be going, oh, I can actually, yeah, I'll move to Birmingham now. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so for anyone listening, we've been trying to get Danny to move to Birmingham for, oh, God, the last six, seven months now. He's not having none of it. Um, he's letting, yeah. He's letting us down. He's letting the listeners down. And he's letting himself down as well. 
Yeah, most importantly. Uh, well, at least I've not let the podcast down this time. That's good. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that, that goes without Can saying, mate. Can you hear my mate? fire roaring? You said, have you got your, your, your real fire on the go tonight? Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear it crackling. Crackling, isn't it amazing? I mean, it's ah. not great for the podcast, but um, it's, it's just that going mental. So, so I do now, you, now you've let the podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice See, and warm. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love a live, uh, a real fire. You can't beat them. Good stuff. Turn the telly off. Stuff. Watch the fire. He's yeah, a romantic yeah, one, he is, isn't he? <laughs> dear, oh dear. Uh, right, okay, <laughs> so. Today, or tonight, um, whatever time it is, we've got Zach and Luke from Snake Call coming on the show later on. Um, two really good friends of mine. I, I went to school with both of them. Um, Did I was you really, know them though, did you? Well, no, I, was, I knew Zach. Um, I knew Zach really well. Um, and what's really funny is that I actually didn't think, well, I didn't even know that Luke existed. But we all had the same friends. Yeah, um, so I think he was imported. Um, and there's a bit of a backstory to it, which hopefully we find out later on. Absolutely, we have been trying to get him on the show for ages, haven't we? Oh, yeah. we have hounded and hounded and hounded. Honestly, you wouldn't, you would not believe it. Come on the podcast, lads. Nah, nah, we're not into that. Please come on the podcast. You've got to. No, no, we'll just make a mess of it. Who cares? Come on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. And then fun. basically you told them they got free reign to take the piss out of me <laughs> as much as they want to. And they were like, yeah, okay, we'll come on, no problem. Wicked. <laughs> yeah. So whoever, whoever booked them, thanks. Wicked. Love you yeah, too. <laughs> right, okay, so before we get them on, um, Mike, what's been going on the last seven days, mate? Um, okay, so I have picked up a fantastic bit of news. If I'm honest with you, I was going to read it out last week, but we was just running out of time and I had so much to say. But I thought this was fantastic. We spoke a little while ago on the podcast, on one of the podcasts, about um, palm oil and the effect it's having on the environment throughout the world. Um, and um, it was actually Danny sent me an article, um, and it's Chester has been named the world's first sustainable palm oil city. Now, this is absolutely fantastic. So I'm just going to quickly read through the article and then we'll have a little discussion about it after. Chester has become the first sustainable palm oil city in the world as a result of a long-running campaign led by conservationists at Chester Zoo. More than 50 organisations in the city have revolutionised their supply chains and committed to sourcing palm oil, a vegetable oil used in thousands of household products from food items to cleansing materials and cosmetics. Um, And they've got it all from entirely sustainable sources. So we did speak about this a little while ago. Um, Oil palm plantations are causing widespread like habitat and destruction in the, in Southeast Asia, rainforest, um, pushing some of the most iconic species, such as orangutans, tigers, right to the edge of extinct, extinction, plus a whole plethora of reptiles. Um, and the main problem we've got is because it's used in so many products that the... Local people that would have looked after the forest are now um, being pressurised into chopping it down and and basically 
creating and working in these palm oil plantations um and you know if you watch a documentary on it you can understand why because it's the only way they can get income but um the reason there's massive income there is because it's in so much so it's fantastic that companies have got together in chester working with chester zoo and they're actually saying no we're going to do something about this um and we're going to get it from sustain sustainable sources so i thought that was absolutely fantastic yeah i've got to admit i haven't looked much into it to be honest but, but hearing that um, i knew they were doing it um but it's just the sheer amount of effort and planning and organization that goes into something like that um yeah i think hopefully um some of the other uh, councils and counties um you know get a little bit jealous on their achievements and they kind of join the bandwagon with it as well that'd be that'd be cool yeah it really really would um the other thing i wanted to talk about was um oh lisa burrell she's getting a bit she's well she's getting a bit of sick and tired of us bringing up the old uh vibrator joke to the point where she has threatened to kick us we me and hoss have, uh, and i think yourself danny said look you know you bred your, your gtps put us on the list if there's uh if there's any available we'll take one off your hands she's kicked us off the list <laughs> so um yeah um does that mean does that mean uh does that mean she owes us a fiver Fifteen, fifteen. Keeping it in the topic of sex toys as well, one of our listeners whose surname I won't mention, but um the person is called Sam. Um they're up for a new challenge, so I've been asked if any of our listeners would uh, like to get in touch, we can pass their de- their details on to that person. Um that was just something I had to apparently say. She's up for a challenge. She's up for a challenge, mate. A challenge. Is her, does her does you know you know her surname? Yes. Does um is there somebody famous who sounds like this? And here's Hoss in the natural environment. <laughs> you've got zero attacks, have you, mate? Sorry, you you've sorry. potentially just caused a big problem. <laughs> I was I was trying to filter that through, you know, gently, so the poor oh, the poor listener doesn't get absolutely mobbed. Um, that's it. We're being sued. Yeah. <laughs> nice I one. haven't said a, I didn't say a dicky bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a good. It's, I'm not going to go into the details of the challenge because it's inappropriate. Um, but if you've got a very strong left or right hand, then get in touch. <laughs> For fuck's sake! I don't want to know. <laughs> Which is your strong hand, Hoss? Because one's quite a bit smaller than the other. Is it the <laughs> one stronger? What, what, See, it's the T-Rex hand. It's the T-Rex <laughs> because hand. if I'm honest with you, if if somebody's going to well either smack me or punch me. If I, I'd rather have him have a bigger hand, it's a bigger surface area. <laughs> I'm naturally left-handed, but I went to a Catholic school, um, and Catholic people uh, don't like people being left-handed, and they forced me to be right-handed. Um, yeah. So uh, you're ambidextrous. Take your pick, mate. That's so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> well, the bigger hand, not the little one. Well, dep- <laughs> depends where it's going, I suppose, doesn't it? <laughs> right. If I was if I was falling, hoss. And you had the opportunity to catch me. I wouldn't. He wouldn't. Me would, you, would, you, would, you, would you tell me to take your strong hand? I'd, I'd probably kick you harder down, to be honest. <laughs> 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 Silly question. Right. 
moving on quickly, <laughs> just the last bit of news that I've got, and it, it, it is a kind of bit of news. Um, on the way to uh, a meeting today, I was listening to Morelia Python Radio's latest podcast, and it was all about diamond pythons, and the, gre- the guest was an amazing guy called Stan Shiras. Now, Stan had been keeping and breeding reptiles for over 60 years. His knowledge was unbelievable. I think he was the first guy in the U- in the US to breed um, diamond pythons. But what was really interesting, and I really would love some of our younger listeners to listen to it, he was talking about how things was done back in the day. So... You know, he was talking about the instruments. You couldn't just go and order them online from a reptile shop or go to your local pet shop. He used to have to go to sort of like, I don't know, places for scientists. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Just to get some of their instruments to use them. But the most incredible thing to me was, and I think people don't appreciate it nowadays, is how these guys used to communicate with each other. Because nowadays, you know, you can be sitting and you set her at home and you can go in Facebook, go to Messenger and literally type in, oh, there's, you know, Eric Burke. Let's ask him a load of questions about Morelia. They couldn't do that back there. So they used to, if they were lucky enough to ring somebody and they had a phone, they would do that. Otherwise, it was writing a letter. So you could be waiting months just to get, you know, an answer back from your questions. And he was talking about how they did it. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I just, I just, yeah, I think it would be really good to listen to that episode just so we appreciate these people that really put the hobby on the map back in the day, what they had to go through compared to what we do nowadays. Um, so, Can you imagine yeah. us writing to each other? Yeah. In three months, we're going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about Lisa Burrell's vibrator. Is that okay with you two guys? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's it's beyond belief nowadays, isn't it? You, you, you couldn't imagine having to do that. The time and effort. No, it would be horrendous. It would be know, awful. It must have, you know, and these guys must have been so passionate um, to go through it. With it, it is, uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Groundbreaking yeah. stuff, really. But for yeah, it takes a whole lot of there. dedication. <clears throat> absolutely. Definitely. It doesn't take so, a lot of dedication to inbox somebody these days, does it? No. Really. No, I mean, I got in touch with one of our guests coming up. Um, I was just before I was going to bed, I was looking through Facebook and I was like, oh my word, he'd be brilliant to get on the show. And then literally messaged him. And within two minutes, he'd messaged me, messaged me back saying, yeah, I'd love to come on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how easy Lovely. it is nowadays. And don't get me wrong, it's fantastic because, you know, people keepers hobbyists um can find out all the best information it's got it's got a massive negative thing as well though because you know it gives people like me the opportunity to totally harass and annoy everyone 24 hours a day yeah we all pretty much know what all three of us do in every second of the day don't we actually, actually no you didn't tell me what you had for breakfast this morning mike danny did <laughs> i didn't have any, I didn't have any da- breakfast. Da- danny had le- leftover fluff that was on it, uh, on the floor 
Yeah, the, the, the bacon export didn't quite hit uh, Norfolk in time, so unfortunately, <laughs> it's uh, Linton fluff for the next couple yeah. of days. <laughs> the, the, the other thing, I suppose, which is important, I'm not going to talk about it now, um, but next week, I think it'd be worth, obviously, with Brexit happening, and I know it's just been delayed now to the end of June, there's a whole host of questions coming up about importing animals and, and going over to, to just the likes of Ham and Houghton, what animals we can bring back. So really, I think um, we should get some of those questions out uh, next week and uh, answer some of them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I do know two people who would be able to perhaps answer any questions that anyone has. Um, I think when the inevitable happens, it would be good if we could get them on and talk about yeah. it. But if anyone has yeah. any questions that, you know, food food for thought or anything that you would like answering or you'd be concerned about, if you fire those questions over to us and we can get them forwarded on to them. I don't want to tell people their names just at the moment because I can imagine they're already getting absolutely hounded yeah. because of things, yeah. like things coming up. But let's, you know, let's, let's see what's going to happen. Hopefully... Um, it's smooth sailing and it's not going to be as complicated and painful as I think it's going to be. Um, but oh, man, we're talking about Brexit on the podcast, man. Oh, I know, but no, you know what? Switched and, off, and, and, and unfortunately, yeah, I have a little bit, but unfortunately, it affects everything, doesn't it? Even our hobby, you know. Yeah. So, and, and everybody, it's it's everybody gets frightened of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of scaremongering going on. A lot of people go, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. We actually don't know what's going to happen. Um, we haven't even got a deal or anything at the moment. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't panic too much yet. Um, I don't think things are going to change too much within our hobby. Um, I may be wrong, but... I should imagine no, I mean, it's there'll gonna, be ways, it's, it's there'll be ways around be, things. Yeah, there always is. It's certainly going to be harder to import stuff and export yeah. stuff uh, yeah, to Europe, um, yeah. okay, which so. is which is our main trade. But you know, um, it's not going to be impossible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Everything I look at seems to be made in Taiwan or China. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where all this European stuff's coming from. Yeah, no. <laughs> Okay, so have you got anything more for us this week, Mike? No, that's it, thank you. Okay, so I think it's about time that we get our guests on for this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you enjoy that? That was sexy, wasn't it? What the, what the hell was that? You've done, I mean, you you done your own intro music. Yeah, yeah, let's, we had to. Let's hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. What have, what I'm allowed to do the shit right now. What have, <laughs> what have we done? Well, I what don't know. Right. What have you done? How you doing? Are you recording or not? Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fucked up, man. Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we knew this was going to go pear shaped right from the start, didn't we? But yeah, we did. And I just say, was pissing about. To be fair, very serious reptile keepers, everyone. And... <laughs> so you give this persona that you don't give a shit, and you know it's all a big laugh, but you are quite serious when it comes to the reptile keeping. Um, but can I just say thank you for coming on the show and welcome. It's only been about six months of trying. 
And we, <laughs> we was talking yeah, earlier about trying to get you on the podcast, and it was like, no, I didn't want to come on, and 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 you was playing that. Oh no, no, it's not for us. But I just think you was waiting for our ratings to go up, and oh, then yeah, you were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's all about us. <laughs> we'll show you fucking ego. <laughs> okay, so let's get things started before we start fighting. Um, <laughs> Uh, do you know what I've noticed? Sorry, before you start, Hoss. Um, since now you've come on, Hoss's voice has gone really nervous. I've already. How's the masters, mate? The fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, ain't it? Best uh, player in the world. Yeah. Why does why is Luke? Why does Luke sound like a Cockney? <laughs> It does a bit, doesn't it? It's coming from you, Webfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, so... God, my God. Right, okay, so... Either of you first. uh, Fight over it if you want. Um, How did you get into reptiles and what made you start keeping? Um, Like a lot of other people, really, just sort of going into the garden, seeing the local sort of animals about and whatnot, and going into various pet shops when I was younger and seeing them and eventually getting into keeping them. It's not uh, too much of a story behind it, really. And, you and then when you, when you talk about, Zach, sort of like seeing the local sort of like wildlife and, and whatnot, I mean, we're a bit unlucky where we are. You know, you're local to us and um, there's not many rept- reptiles around here. Um, was it sort of like more your amphibians, frogs, um, That's it, yeah. The, toads, we had a pond yeah. in the garden, so it was all frogs and toads and newts, bits and bobs like that. So. Yeah, you're not the first person on the show to actually say that's what got them started. Um, there's yeah. a lot of people that had uh, just ponds at home um, and just was fascinated as a as a kid, and 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 it, and, it, and transpired from there. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of people are the same. To be fair, it's where we all start, isn't it? Really? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, we, we, we all know it's not exactly easy to see snakes in this country, but frogs are everywhere, aren't they, Zach and Luke? You yeah. damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, see, we need to we need to we need to tell the guests that Zach and Luke um, are also <laughs> the froggers that uh, <laughs> that, that yeah, froggers. frogging with. Yeah, well, not doggers, froggers. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when when we go for a we walk at frogging. night in the park, um, we go for some serious frogging. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's frogging beautiful. Man. <laughs> it, 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 oh, it's God. absolutely frogtastic. You know, you know when we went on, um, you know when we, when we went on from the ground up, and we absolutely annihilated them. This, this is how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so, so Luke, obviously Zach's uh, answered the question. Was it pretty similar for yourself, or, or... no? No, I had uh, crippling debt, and I thought I could make a shitload of money off Royal Python. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> my, cheeks, my cheeks are going to hurt by the end of this. I'm sure. 
So what, I was listening to a podcast today, and um, and what one of the old guys on there who who'd been in the business for uh, well, he'd been keeping and breeding for sixty years. Stan Shearer, he even mentioned that himself that you know people are keeping now just to make a quick you know quickly make money and uh, and get out of there. It's uh, it's funny. You it ain't that. easy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm back now. I had to mute the microphone. Jesus wept. <laughs> You're struggling to reach. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Did you reach out and grab it with your little eye? <laughs> oh, that's oh, the second time tonight that's been yeah. mentioned. Yeah, so for, for those that don't know, I've got a funny arm, and Luke, <laughs> Luke thinks it's highly hilarious to take the piss out of my disability. What do you mean, Luke? We all find it hilarious. Well, not, he, <laughs> Luke normally starts it, and everyone else is like fucking sheep and just like, me, 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 I'm too much. <laughs> it's like whenever I see you in whenever I see you in person, I like to sort of poke it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why is that muscle there? What's that doing there? <laughs> Nobody's. We're all laughing now, but nobody laughs when they're playing snooker against him. <laughs> oh, can, so solid, can I give myself a, a P45? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> so, guys, um, obviously, you know, uh, Luke had a crippling debt and wanted to get into ball pythons <laughs> and, uh, and make a load of money really quickly. <laughs> And Zach, you went down the more traditional route of sort of like, you know, <laughs> getting involved with regards to... Frogging. Uh, yeah, frogging. <laughs> Started um, frogging from a young age, mate. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, a lot of people who I know uh, that are interested in reptiles from around this area, that's how they started. Um, you know, I was exactly the same. My dad had a pond in the garden. Um, he only had frogs. In, we never had toads around here, but... I found a place called Witch's Pond, and uh, I was fascinated of these things that look like lizards. I've never seen them before, and uh, that was it then. I used to just go and catch them and put them in my dad's pond. Uh, fair play. So, fair play. <laughs> so, so how did it sort of like progress from there? Sorry? You can't Probably. hear me because Luke's too busy taking the piss, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to fucking add, add little buzzwords uh, in, getting me to say fine scenes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Terry? So, so how did it progress from there, mate? Um, you know, from sort of um, like... I started volunteering at the local reptile shop. Um, kept various bits and bobs. And then you sort of branch out and you meet new keepers and your eyes are open to different things. And that's pretty much the way it went. Luke sort of did the same. And... Uh, we went from there. And, so and uh, was, you, was, to do. was you friends at that time? Did you? Uh, how long have you been, you know, um, gay lovers for? Fucking uh, ever. Yeah, we've been <laughs> forever. This level of frogging has to be reached. <laughs> <laughs> Since we were about eleven years old. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's wow. a good twat. <laughs> <laughs> Most people have like served less for murder, to be fair. <laughs> it's funny the way that you talk about that about each other. Most people talk about their girlfriends and wives like that, but you know, <laughs> you are and I oh, know it's much worse about the missus. <laughs> <laughs> but it is quite amazing. You've got a fantastic relationship together and uh, you've done a lot with regards to your reptiles uh, and your, and the hobby together. Um, so 
obviously you started working in um in, in the local shop zach luke what about yourself mate it was it was it just through knowing zach and working there yeah, or, well, or... to be honest it was also it, it's your fault zach yeah it is yeah yeah that's why i've got even worse crippling debt what you're trying to say you've known him since you were 11 years old and he's been giving you bad advice all that time as well fuck yeah Oh, that's, not, that's not a true friend, you know, mate. I'd, uh... I'm easily susceptible. <laughs> easily influenced. Yeah. So, um, so what, what, um, what, what reptiles did you start keeping in the early days? God, that's Old, a good question. That is a good question. Um, jungle carpets was one of the first things. Honestly, wow. But you hate carpet pipes. It's a great choice. Yeah, well, uh, well, we It's a strong word, but you're yeah. not far off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we sort of kept them for a couple of years, and we didn't enjoy them keeping as keeping them as much as we did the other things we were keeping at the time. So, but we knew pythons was the root at that time, and we started keeping various different species of python. So, um, because let's be honest, between the two of you. Um, Everything that when we're all together or we're, we're in a WhatsApp group together as well, we'll be honest with the listeners and we talk all the time about reptiles and, well, 10% of the time, 90% of the time it's absolute bullcrap. And, <laughs> just every time we seem to talk about a, a certain species, you're like, oh, yeah, we had one of them and we've done this and we've done that. I mean, it obviously escalated from you keeping you know, a couple of carpet pythons each to something a lot, lot bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, it got ridiculous. It did. But, um, and we ended up in a shop or a shop space and we occupied the whole shop space of our own personal collection. So, wow. So how many animals Sorry? would you say you had at most? <laughs> Two, three hundred, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Including babies. Oh, own, do you know what's crazy? You was in a shop or using shop space, and it was your own personal collection. It was like, yeah, it was like uh, bullseye. Look at what you could have won. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ass, but you know, yeah. that collection was quite diverse. Do you want to talk a little bit about it, guys? Do you want to live? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, he was really interested when he had when he was in crippling debt. Now he's yeah. had all the animals and sold them. He's not interested anymore. So Zach, you need to lead yeah. the way. <laughs> um, yeah, we we kept mainly python species. Um, we kept a lot of boas, um, a fair few species of frogs back then. Contrary to popular beliefs between you lot, mm-hmm. we just never really posted about them too much. Um, various geckos. So various species of day gecko, um, Europlatus, uh, literally all sorts, lads. It'd be nigh on impossible to go through not all of it because it'd okay. take a long time. That's not sort of me being arrogant. It's just uh, no, no, to speak about right. yeah. I thought species. Julie and Claire had a big head. Come on, meatball head. I'll tell you what, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a lovely question, and then I'm going to be, I've got one question, then I'm going to shut up and let uh, let let Hoss and, and Danny talk. But out of the collection, right, that you've, you you sold a little while ago, or a, a while ago, and now you're getting back into it, 
out of those animals, which ones do you wish you still had today? Okay. And why? That's a tough question. Um, uh, me, personally, I've regretted selling the Tulabathras in on our... You've got them back. But, yeah, we, I ended up buying another tree. That's Puerto Rican both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, probably... The Apodora Papuana, so Papuan olive pythons. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that when you when you sold them, um, even <coughs> I was gutted. Um, they're absolutely stunning animals. Yeah, just different class. There's nothing else like them. Crazy looking things. Mm-hmm. So, and what were they like temperament wise? Oh, they were fine, absolutely fine. They could be a bit leery when they were in the viv, but when they were out and about, they were fantastic. It was yeah, great yeah, to watch. Well, finally, you know. Finding that with quite a few of the the, 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 the python species, especially like scrubs, olives, and and the way people are explaining it is, it's as though their their food response is so strong that as soon as you go in there, they're just looking at you like food. But as, once they realise that they're not, and or you've got them out, they're absolutely fine. Is that what you found? Mm. Yeah, though? yeah. I mean, the one papuan, she was very fussy. You had to literally sort of open the viv make sure that she'd got the rat and then sort of lie on the ground until she'd fucking eat the thing. So, and then slowly <laughs> shut the... Yes, yeah, once she's sort of got it halfway down, slowly shut the door and run out the room and make sure she's at it a bit later on. So, <laughs> right. Very fussy snake. Very, very fussy snake. When did, when did snake core become snake core? Oh, about seven years ago. Yeah, 2011 it was, actually. Well, what? In the January... In the January, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the January, I mean, that's a very important part. It really is. Do you know the exact date? Yeah, actually, it was, it was actually at 1633. <laughs> <laughs> on the 13th of January. Oh, that's unlucky. That's why we went on pear shakes. You know, on that yearly anniversary, do you buy each other presents? No, we go froggy. um so so in in the um in the past you guys have um touched a little bit on the um on the subject of you guys uh importing stuff and and uh moving bits and pieces for specific people um do you want to go into that just a little bit without incriminating yourselves incrimination we're, we were a registered business at the time mm-hmm. and we literally the only in, uh, exports we did were for a guy in Japan yeah everything was done through CITES as well so because it was predominantly pythons everything had to All go legit, through then. a specific yeah yeah, yeah specific yeah, things to to get done to get the job done so when mm-hmm. you get them to the airport everything's checked over and whatnot but yeah, the business predominantly was around us breeding things, and then we built up a really good relationship with a chap in Japan who originally had the eight Bismarck ring python babies we produced uh, way back when. Now um, mm-hmm. he asked us if we could pick him up a few bits and bobs when we were on our way to Ham, and it sort of developed from there. So mm-hmm. every time we went to Ham, then he'd have a little bit, a little bit of a list for us, if you like. So actually, so actually, you just become a courier. Basically, yeah. We're a heavy <laughs> courier importer. Yeah. For, for, and I should imagine there's quite a few animals now in Japan, um, or a lot of hobbyists and keepers over there. They've got you boys um, a lot to thank. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
Royo did a lot. We did a lot of legwork involving the paperwork, especially after picking stuff up. We'd have to request certain things from breeders to make sure that they they'd get through the CITES application. It was an absolute nightmare at times. But we sent stuff over that was a first for Japan. Stuff like uh, boa constrictor longer carrier zeros, but more for zeros. Um, right. He was always after carpet pythons. Carpet pythons was his big thing. So. Yeah, what's what's not to love about carpet pipe? If I remember correctly at the time as well, you um, imported the first um, oh God, Natalentis rock pythons over there as well. Who's got a kookaburra? <laughs> That's, That's one of the frogs, that is, isn't it? Yeah. We're, we're frogging now. So is I'll that be... a frog? What is, yeah. what, what is it, like seven foot fucking tall? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about a centimetre tall, mate. <laughs> Bloody hell! It's not you, it's not you, Dan. I'm loud, 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 tiny. Right, so who's 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 taller? Tiny, but a massive gob. Who's taller, Danny, the frog, or Zach? The frog. Probably the frog. Yeah, the frog's got to be way taller. To be fair, shut up, man. You fucking got him going. Let's talk about frogging. <laughs> He's got excited. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Okay, so let's run us down with what you currently work with. Okay, uh, do you oh, want to start, Luke? Uh, yeah, mainly frogs, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, can I just say, you are, you are really chilled out. You are really chilled out and relaxed I'm not even, tonight, oh, well, to be to be fair... I've had a little helping hand, but it's a good. It's, <laughs> he's been to the, he's been to the cash college, point. Chill. I have yeah, cash point. Cash point. He's seen the swimming chickens and he's done all that shit. Yeah, swimming chickens. There, various species of frog. A couple of species of glass frog. Um, some ranitomia summer's eye. Some epipedibates. Uh, to looking around. Some hyla. Uh, Puerto Rican boas. Can I have them? Python. Sorry? Can I have them? What? Which one? The Puerto Rican boas. No. No, oh. Luke will kill you. <laughs> uh, Emerald tree okay. boas. Eastern Indigo snakes. Southern white-lit pythons. <laughs> just frogs. This is them. Just just frogs. Yeah, and just frogs. And just All a couple of other bits and bobs. Have you noticed that? Yeah, just yeah. a couple of other bits and bobs. <laughs> Can I just say that your scrub is absolutely phenomenal? We were talking to he Scott Borden. Okay. He's got one, and uh, I've seen some pictures of his as well, and it's very similar to yours. Absolute stunning looking animal. She is lovely. She is lovely. She came in December uh, from a guy called Marcus Kinzel. So, um, they, all his were captive bred, so they are fantastic examples. Wow. And have you have you had wild court scrubs in the past? Uh, let me go through. Yes, yeah, one of the oxbills was wild court. Yeah, and and, so, and have you noticed a difference? Because I know in certain species they say some of the wild court ones are a lot more. They've got a, a, a much more calmer. Um, temperament than some of your captive bred. I don't know if that's the same in scrubs. No, they're all they've all been a bit uh, a bit leery, so a bit defensive. Yeah. So we've we don't make a habit of handling them too much. We leave them to it. We find that's the sort of best way to keep that sort of snake. We don't try to handle many of the animals we have. So very much a hands off approach in the way we keep. 
Okay, so yeah, and some of the most successful breeders are, are, are that's the way they keep as well. It's literally, um, I only touch them to clean them, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, okay, so what, what's your approach when it comes to enclosures and um, what kind of enclosure are you using, heating, uh, substrates, and decor, that kind of thing? It, that can really vary depending on the species. If I was I'll take one bit at the room, uh, the emerald tree boa sat in front of me, she's in a naturalistic setup, real plants. Um, large logs, natural background, one basking bulb, and an LED panel to keep the plants alive. So the bulb's right. outside the enclosure. She's in a three-foot-tall herb tech by, I'm not sure how long it is, two and a half foot and about two foot deep. So and she's five years old. Mm. Um, and then it varies because of the frogs and whatnot. They're all in naturalistic enclosures. The indigos are kept on hemp because they, they create an absolute mess. Honestly, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clean them out once a week or a night. Yeah. David Howard to thank for that. So. This background <laughs> noise actually sounds like yeah, you know that rainbow. you know that frog. Can we put that frog outside? <laughs> no. Can you just can you just can you just flick it on the nose or something? <laughs> just, I, I've spoken to Zach and Luke. Pound for pound, they reckon the worst artist frogs in the world, mate. Pound for pound, they think they're solid. Absolutely, only ten men frogs. Do you reckon it'd flick you back? Yeah, you try, you fucking try. Floyd Mayweather, mate. Yeah. I love the sound. I've said to Zach and Luke in the past, I said, when when the reptile room's done, I really want something that's going to give you that sound of the, 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 the rainforest. You know, it's. I think it's fantastic. I so, do. so what you really mean is you want that sound that's going to ensure a divorce. Yeah. Wow, there's good and bad in everything, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> they are supposed to shut up when you turn the light off, to be fair, but they're not. And then the others start, so the tree frogs start. Then. So it's a never-ending process. Can we talk a little bit about some of your frogs, or especially the glass frogs? Because How many do you want them, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> See, you say that, Luke, and and I know you. We spoke the other day about it, and you're like, you've got so many, and and but I think you're the first person in. Are you first person in Europe to breed them? No, no, not in Europe. There's been a few breedings in, in Europe, in the UK, and people in the UK have had uh, eggs that I know of, but um, uh, when with them coming out of the water, they find that a little bit more difficult. But I completely right, changed okay. the approach and did it artificially so i took the tadpoles out of the paludarium cell and started doing stuff like water changes to give a bit more oxygenated water basically so almost almost like um almost like breeding fish more yeah yeah than anything um water changes yeah keeping keeping more oxygen and Mm. keeping an eye on the ph levels and all that good stuff yeah yeah that's it man Wow, mm. incredible! And um, you've sort of like you, you they've they went from tadpoles, started coming out of the water, and then I mean I've seen some of the pictures. These animals are phenomenal, aren't they? You can literally see straight, you know, straight through yeah. them. You can see all their organs inside them, but they're fantastic looking as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how did you get into the glass frogs? No, I actually bought them off Adam Howard when he moved out to Vietnam. And was that just because you you had a, you know you was interested in them at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since yeah, since he since he bought them himself, I watched him he raised them up basically from tiny little frogs into adult. Oh, no, no, he's gonna get a big head. 
Yeah, 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 sure. He's already done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say in bad day, but a massive head. No. He's like a cricket. <laughs> I, I, I just feel he's more like a locust, to be honest. He's a big, gangly ginger cricket. What you're basically saying is he's only got one thing going for him, and that's yeah. his ginger. Yeah. <laughs> got no soul, man. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one, don't you, Hoss? Got no soul. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so for, obviously that's a bit of an in-joke. Um, I play in a band, and one of our songs was uh, Got No Soul, and I stupidly used to invite Zach and Luke to come watch their band, and they'd stand right at the front like fucking American cheerleaders, doing their very best <laughs> to put me off. Um, <laughs> you know, shouting Stewie Mac, Stewie Mac, which translates into stomach. Stomach, um, loud, really fucking loud. Um, we've got numerous music videos of live live footage on YouTube and whatnot, and all you can hear is Zach and Luke going Stewie Mac, Stewie Mac. It's a uh, yeah, thanks, thank, thank you guys. <laughs> Glad you appreciate the support. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> absolutely phenomenal, mate. You've always been there for me, well, making memories. That. That's what so while we're, subject, whilst we're on that subject, we might as well get down to the nitty gritty. Um, this is the <laughs> bit where Huss is going to cringe like crazy. Oh, um, <sighs> let, let's talk a little bit about how you got to meet Huss and some <laughs> of the things that you've seen him do in the past. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. Yeah. Here we go. So I met Huss in school. <laughs> this does mean no favours. I met Huss in school because I was playing the bass really badly. And he came over and told me I was playing the bass really badly. So, and then he can, like then played the white stripes in front of me, some sort of solo. And then we sort of just struck up a friendship from there for some reason. I don't know why I carried on hanging around with a prick after that. <laughs> but I did. But onto some of the mad shit he did. Now, do you, Luke, do you want to mention how you met him? You just sort of came in your bedroom one day, didn't you? Yeah, actually, despite his size. I was in the same year as him at school and had no fucking idea who he was. <laughs> how could you miss him? I'm not sure. This fact that he's the one to turn up in my house and bought a bar off me, basically. <laughs> Love you too. Yeah, let's get on to how Dave Clemens drops his balls in his back, anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please, so, Stuart, go. Mark Flimmer used to run some of the best curry nights the world has ever seen. All the reptile keepers used to go over and used to have a great time, blah, 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 blah. Hoss, the first time he went, first night, Jank had drank a jug of sherry. Can we and just, various just other add bits and bobs. What, what Hoss turned up in? No, that was yeah. that, that was the second that was one. The, no, that was the second time. Oh, is that the second one? We'll Don't you worry, we'll get to that, mate. We'll get to that. <laughs> he got outrageously drunk, like spread out on the floor, lay down on the floor. Clemens looked at everyone and went, shall I teabag him? And we went, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so he went over and dropped his balls on his mouth. Second one, he didn't let us down again. Matt Arnold, well, Plymouth's got a load of mad shit in his house. He's got loads of, like, fucking saddles and axes and all sorts of crazy shit. So we thought it'd be a good idea to pull the saddle down off the uh, banister at the top of the stairs, (laughs) stick it on Hoss's back, and Matt Arnold rode him with a cowboy hat on. (laughs) 
fantastic. <laughs> that's where the host whisperer come about, wasn't it? it? That's where the whole hostings come from. Oh, that was a that was a horrible night. P- I never get bored of this story. Poor Plymouth's house. Yeah, I know. Yeah, somebody apparently grabbed a sword and threw it at somebody or slung it at somebody and they put their hand in the way to stop it. No, so um, uh, Luke <laughs> Luke had a machete and Joe Hill wanted it oh, yeah. and took it off him and sliced his hand open. Oh, um, he grabbed the <laughs> machete by the blade, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah at, at Luke one... also chopped his rugger. Uh, yeah, yeah did, and didn't that Joe Hill punch an axe as well that Julian Clare was holding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Julian <laughs> was holding an axe, and Joe decided he wanted to punch Julian. Yeah, so, Joe was, was also him, sick. He punched Matt in the side. Yeah, punched Joe was Matt also in the sick. Of the head a few times. Yeah. Does Joe, does Joe oh, not understand? Does Joe not understand the fact that he needs his hands for his living? He um, didn't yeah. that night. He was too busy smashing Blue Nun. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is this yeah. the famous Inky Joe? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've never met Inky Joe. Joe. Yeah, he, Joe, Joe. That that night, I saw far too much of him that I needed. He set fire. He bent over and set fire to his own ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> his tattoo shops, um, literally forty-five minutes away from me. I'm gonna have to go. Go get, go get some work done, though. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm just gonna get twat written across my forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate. I'm not, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a warning. That's what that's what it is. More than anything, it's a warning. <laughs> it's like when people say nice to meet else. you. Yeah, it's <laughs> like when when people say nice to meet you, and I'm like, how do you know it's nice to meet you? Meet me. I, I'm a prick. <laughs> <laughs> right, going back to the reptiles, and obviously we've we've give Hoss enough stick for a little while, and we'll come back. To <laughs> No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a little bit. Um, what I picked up on was, um, did you say your um, emerald green, um, sorry, your emerald green t- tree boas? Emerald green what? Sorry. <laughs> He's been smashing strongbow again, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what? I haven't, if I'm honest with you. You're a liar. That's you not, the that is the then? problem. You've got the shakes, you want the strongbow. <laughs> <laughs> Your emerald tree boas, <laughs> um, you're keeping them in a, a naturalistic um, inv- uh, enclosure. Yes, yes. So, now, uh, uh, which is which is a little bit different because a lot of people don't don't keep them um, naturalistic. Yeah, uh, so, most people are right. Them, yeah, mo- most keep, I mean, um, like to keep them sterile. Yeah, yeah. In a sterile enclosure. Um, if I'm honest, I think. Uh, that, that's all down to Luke. So I kept her quite sterile, and then while I was moving house, she came to live with. She's come to live with Luke while I'm getting things sorted, and Luke ramped up her setup and made it look incredible. So and she's she's done much better for it. But I'm not saying sterile doesn't work because it very much does. The best keepers in the world do it sterile. So mm-hmm. in Ed Marino and Steve Volk and those guys, they yeah. are the absolute best. So. Right. But it doesn't mean that, you know, what you've done there couldn't be sort of like the next thing. And, and you know, you're saying that um, the animal's doing better in that enclosure than a sterile enclosure? Yeah. Or is it just think, the fact that I that's think, what you set it up in first? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I'm not, it's a difficult one to explain. I just think 
she's more settled. Maybe she feels a bit more secure. She certainly looks better. So, but that, as I say, that's a lot. A lot of that is down to Luke and the way he keeps his frogs. He thought he could influence the way he kept the emerald too. So, have you? Um, is is she under um, UV, or is it just full spectrum plant light? Yeah, it's just LED and people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody got a message. Sorry. Oh. Can you not? No, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be sorry. And again, ping, ping. Popular, <laughs> I, I heard it coming through on my headphones. <clears throat> Come on, guys. I've been talking all night. You need you. You guys need to do some I'm, talking. I'm scared shitless. <laughs> I'm scared shitless to open my mouth. I know, I know what they've got on me. Um, I did, I did, I did have a question for Zach. Um, did you, um, did you find a way to combat the uh, the indigos' masses amount of amounts of shit? Yes, yeah, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. We started keeping them on hemp. Uh, David Howard, who also keeps copious amounts of indigos, he calls himself the king of shit. Um, <laughs> I think he said he's got some 22 species, like 22 animals that are included in the dry Martian so, genus, which is absolutely incredible. I don't know how he keeps on top of it, but he does. So I, mean, <laughs> I took his advice and I started keeping them on hemp. So, yeah. Yeah, and it seems when to keep you, doing the job. When you say keeping them on hemp, do you want to explain a little bit about that? You mean using hemp as a substrate? Yeah, you know, like marijuana, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't keep them high constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but what I, I want to know is, are you, are you waiting for it to go into leaf form so you can sort of like um, substitute your uh, your 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 happy, or is this in seed, or is this in seed form on on the floor? It looks a lot like aspen. Yeah. So, just, dry, sure just dried leaves, with. just dried leaves and stem and all that good stuff. Okay, yeah, so, so, so he has the bottom of the back, so basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're saying hemp, <laughs> it, it is literally your it's it's grown hemp, the leaf side of it, and and the stems, and then dried out and using that as a as a substrate as opposed to you know drying out the the the, the seeds. Yeah, basically, yeah. once they once they sell on, you know, everything they need to. They, um, all, all the supplies they don't, they don't like to wait yeah they don't like to waste it so they recycle the plant something i did want to bring up um and it's probably something i think both of you really could talk about it obviously years ago you had this absolutely massive collection um of wonderful animals and i used to really like coming down and helping you out clean every now when i had the opportunity to um you sold up, um, and that was for a particular reason. Um, what was that, and can you can you talk about why you kind of had to kind of like give the game up for a little bit, and what was going on? Uh, pure health issues, mental health, all the health, dead basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you both you both been through it a little bit, haven't you, guys? Yeah, do, you mind, a, do you mind talking about that at all? We've had a couple of years of you know a bit of a tough time, and um, different reasons really. Uh, completely different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah completely uh, different. Zach, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been through and, and um, how it affected you? Yeah, um, I don't think mine was a direct 
effect of what happened. But um, towards the end of Snake Core, I started to feel unwell, and the doctor struggled to put it down to anything. Um, a short while after, I started having issues with my stomach and various other things and weird moments. I'd be looking at my phone and I wasn't able to comprehend what was on the page, sort of not, not be able to read whatsoever. And I'd be going right. to the doctor and saying, oh, something's not right, something's not right, blah, 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 blah. And I had various blood tests and it came back that I had celiac disease. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe I'm low in a few bits and bobs, but it still doesn't ex really explain what's going on. Um, a few months after that, um, I woke up with paramedics in my room in the middle of the night. It turned out that I had a seizure. So, and right. a couple of months after that, I'd had hundreds of tests and I was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. So, Sorry, bit, so temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah, the, yeah so it'd be a bit that affects your memory and whatnot, which explains why I was having all those issues with silly things like remembering things or comprehending what was on a text message or a page. It was all. And was that uh, was that more sort of like short term memory, Zach? Yeah, very much short term. Memory. Yeah, that, yeah. That, so that's why silly things. I can remember names or words, and sometimes you'll hear me mumble or like sort of fumble my words. I fumble my words quite badly occasionally. We're still trying to get me a uh, medication under control, so people sometimes have to bear with me if they're talking to me and whatnot. Yeah, so obviously it's it's unfortunate for me that you've still got your long term memory because all the stupid things I've done <laughs> over the years, <laughs> you remember them all. And yeah, right, important thinking, bits. Yeah, definitely very important bits. Yeah. And then Zach, I mean, <clears throat> so from that, but what what are you doing now? I mean, you've changed quite a few things in your lifestyle, haven't you? Yeah. So obviously, diet was the big one. They said various things my mom helped me with that because she also had celiac disease has celiac disease okay. so she sort of ran me through that I've, i cope with that fairly easy but i have to take various vitamin supplements and epileptic medication at certain times i can't drink i can't delve into um i don't know what, what to say I don't recreational yeah, drugs trouble. recreational fun <laughs> yeah yeah the way <laughs> we used to and uh i have to behave now i'm a good boy i don't um, you know what I mean? I'm a family man now. So. Yeah, and and diet-wise, you 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 you've gone down the sort of like um, vegetarian route, Zach. Oh, so I've been a vegetarian my whole life, so that oh, I never you? wanted to change okay. that. Yeah, yeah. So and and do you think that that helps now? You know, I know you've always been a vegetarian, but if you wasn't, and and you, would would it have helped you going down that route? Um, difficult to say. It makes it difficult having the celiac disease, especially eating out, because combining gluten-free and vegetarian food, it's, it's almost non-existent when you go out by jacket <laughs> <Yeah>. potatoes. <laughs> I'm fucking look like a jacket potato, I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't. Th it made it. It makes it difficult occasionally when I'm eating out. But other than that, I cope okay. It's just you have to cook a lot of stuff from scratch and. I wouldn't change it for the world. My mum and dad brought me up that way, so and yeah. I'd like to carry yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Okay, and Mister um, Mister Harris. Hi. So, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so, obviously, I I was there, you know, obviously along, alongside Zach when you had uh, your mental health. Um, well, the the, 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 the start. Yeah, the breakdown. Um, yeah. 
and there was there was many there was some, <laughs> some that I did want to talk, and it's something like uh, it's, it's, it's really difficult because you, you're you're a really close friend as well. So yeah, yeah. I know a lot more, and there's things that we probably can't discuss. Um, yeah. So you had this absolutely so phenomenal. We've, 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 we won't, yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, you had you had this massive, massive collection. Um, yeah, and it was becoming increasingly difficult for you to concentrate on that collection, um, to yeah. concentrate on work, to concentrate on you know just general day to day. Waking up in the morning to be fair yeah. was a difficult thing to comprehend. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people, honestly, Luke, and and it, sorry, Haas, I didn't mean to cut across you then, mate. But I know, like Luke's just said, waking up in the morning um, was that like one of the tough things people talk about the. The big black dog sat on your shoulders, you know, or sat. On yeah, your it's more. Like, it's more like bed. a. Yeah, it's more like a, a rainy day that doesn't go away, basically. Yeah, it's the it's the nicest way to put it, but it's more mm-hmm. like a fucking tsunami, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's a Danny appropriately laughing. Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the oh, best way me. to talk about it. Is my laugh. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. everyone knows him. You know, like the best, he deals with issues by having a laugh and taking yeah. a piss. So, yeah. I don't. I think the important thing to take from it is that he has come through the other side, and although he does have difficult times, um, it it shows that sometimes that you can take on too much, and you have to take a step back yeah, to start so- taking steps forward again. And here, at has absolutely smashed it this year with the glass yeah, rocks. Definitely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? In yeah, so, doing so, so, so what, it's, yeah, carry on. No, no, crack on. Yeah. So what I was gonna say is a lot of people um find their safe place with their animals. Um but obviously when you're working with the amount of animals that you were, that's not really it's it's a stressful place because you've got, you know, majority of things that you kept wanted to kill you. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it's a big task. It's a big responsibility because it's not just your animals, but they're Zach's as well. So, did yeah, you find yeah. kind of like winding down the collection? Did that help you? Um, at the time, it helped definitely. Cause I didn't have to. Oh, it was more giving Zach the burden that got on top of me. Of yeah, looking after everything and trying to look after me at the same time. I mean, everyone forgets that we had that shop, we had that massive collection, and we also did seventy hours a week full-time work at the time yeah. so I mean, yeah our no, that's, important to, that's important to say that that's mm. important thing to say that is that because I, I, I should imagine a lot of the listeners would have thought oh you're importing you've got this huge collection you know you're doing all this and that's your full-time job it actually wasn't you you were working right. ridiculously hours uh, ridiculously long hours in your day-to-day jobs on top of this as well yeah um, to keep it going to keep it going. There were, there, yeah. It was bad times because uh, Hoss just wanted to go frogging, but they were always too busy to go frogging <laughs> with Hoss. <Yeah. laughs> um, obviously, Luke, and, and I really appreciate you talking about this because you know we're big advocates of mental health and we yeah. like to talk about it, and it's the best thing to do to talk about it. I this think a lot of our listeners... Right? <laughs> yeah, he's never, done, he's never done this before. He's yeah, and, and you lot are. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and we really do appreciate that. And yeah. Luke, can you explain a sort of like you, you said it was, is that was the, the, how you started feeling? It was just hard to get out of bed in the morning. And and is is when did you sort of like notice? Hang on a minute, I, I am having some problems here, and maybe yeah. I need to do something about to it. To be honest, I, like I can't pinpoint when it started, but I've always been quite an anxious person, even at school. Yeah. Uh, but 
it sort of got deteriorated, started deteriorating when I hit about 21. And then that's where I sort of started using animals to like make myself feel better. But then obviously we collected and collected and collected and they ended up becoming something that was actually damaging my mental health. Almost yeah. like a vicious almost like a vicious cycle where you were collecting animals to make yourself feel a bit better. But the more you yeah. collected, the harder it got. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It was, at times for both of us, it was like, you've got these amazing animals. What can we get next? Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, to for viewers to sort of hear that because there's a lot of keepers that get wound up doing that. And yeah. you sometimes you forget to enjoy what you have and appreciate what you have. I mean, don't get me wrong, we didn't get, we didn't neglect anything and we've never had issues bar one with one particular person that you obviously know about. Um, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Other than that, we've never had issues with anyone. You know, we've no. always, animals have always been, been our priority in that respect. They always got the best. Right. But we knew that it got and to that... a stage where we sort of went, right, we're, we're suffering here, we're not enjoying this and we need to take a step back before they suffer. So. Yeah, no. and I you think you took, you took a little bit of time out um, I know you both still kept, you know, little bits during the period, um, but you seem to have upped your antes a little bit recently over the last year. Um, yeah. Definitely in the the uh, the husbandry Guess who's and back. the amount of research that you put in. <laughs> what was that? Guess who's back? God. <laughs> 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 oh. Snake goes back. Who who books these guys for the podcast? I'm, I, again, I'm just going to put my hands up and say it's me. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry. I'm, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Right, okay, so obviously you got back into keeping, um, and I noticed as well. Um, and this is I, I've always looked up to you guys, and you've always kind of like. Um, you know, drag my heels through the sand and put me in the right direction all the time. No, no, you're a friend to us. Fucking don't say you look up to us. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, look, look, Haas has always said to me, they're great friends, and I appreciate because you tell him as it is. You've never pulled your punches, do you know what I mean? You always say, do you know what, that's shit, and I'm telling you it's shit. You know, you do get it wrong every now and then, like when hey, you were starting to argue never against fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we are. <laughs> but but um, I know Hoss has been a friend of yours for a long, long time, and he's always said to me, I respect the fact that they will always give me, a, you know, they will tell me exactly what they think. They will never pussyfoot around. They will just go, do you know what? Honest, that was honest shit. advice. Don't do yeah. that again yet. Honesty. And, and it, I know he really appreciates that. And, and now we've all become friends. We we appreciate that too, guys. So It's just important to do it in the right way between us. Do you know what I mean? Rather than in public. You see too much public lampooning nowadays. People with massive ego trips and popular forum figures. But they're... They're getting things wrong behind the scenes. We got things wrong. We still get things wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to happen. People uh-huh. aren't perfect. They have to, they yeah. have to remember that. Yeah, so, um, but, so what I was going to say before Mike went on his little uh, brotherly hood. <laughs> <spiel>. <laughs> um, so you, you took that step back, and something that I noticed was the amount of research and the the husbandry advances that you used you know, in you know that break and how, to how you're keeping now. You know, so for for wanting of an, an example, so 
Luke used to keep a lot of his things, well, and yourself, on unprinted newspaper with um, plant pots for hides and that kind of thing. And to look at how you keep now, you, you know, there's so much more enrichment, and there's, you know, Luke's actually using substrate. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, a, it's a completely different way of keeping. Um, do you think that break gives you the time to look into things a bit more, or how did you progress changing that kind of method? Research is something that we'd, we've always like been massive, massive on. But, but when it was basically an ease because of the size of the collection for paper and water bowls and hides. Yeah, because it was an ease Absolutely. to just take a piece of paper out and there's a poo gone. And when you're doing 300 bibs, it's time-consuming. Mm. Yeah, and, and also, when you've got 300 animals, that is probably the best way to keep them because, yeah. you know, don't knock subs, um, a newspaper. Uh, you know, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic thing to have down. Um, yeah, I'd have to shit on the sun, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, brilliant. Uh, what, what my point was is, you know, if if you can keep an animal cleaner by keeping it on newspaper because it's so easy to change, you know, there's no way you would have been able to clean that many animals if it all had, you know, a deep substrate um, or some naturalistic, um, there were some na naturalistic tanks in there. You know, yeah. you just wouldn't have got round them all. So effectively, although you think it's benefiting the animal, it actually would be the de to the detriment of the animal because you wouldn't be able to clean it out and it wouldn't be in, 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 a clean environment yeah. yeah well not just that but spending time with other keepers um traveling the world we both in that period we, we traveled all over the place between us um we saw things saw things differently spoke to like the likes of danny wells who's fantastic on animal husbandry in terms of the biodiversity side substrates mm -hmm. plants what? To use where um literally all, like, all those sorts of things yeah, it's true though. Those things help. We both spent a lot from. of time with um, Adam Radovanovich, the guy you've had on yeah. recently. So we both worked alongside him at the Nature Centre as volunteers, and that was a big help. Howard is just fucking. I mean, Luke's got some of these tanks in here now, and they're just yeah brilliant things, aren't they? Yeah. So as well as yeah. our own research, it helps hanging around with other keepers as well, and just taking bits from them, taking the bits you yeah, think so, will work for you and whatnot. So there's, there's a, when I first started keeping and started to get serious, you gave me a bit of advice, Zach, um, and I, I think I might have said to you something along the lines of, you know, how do I learn more about reptiles? How do I get my feet through the door? And all you said was, go and see collections. Go mm -hmm. and see how other people do it. You know, go go and talk to people. Um, and you never told me not to go on the groups, but I think what you were kind of like pushing me towards is to actually go see things for yourself. Don't just presume that just because someone's online saying it that it's true. Go and yeah. go to that yeah. person's collection, pick their brains, and see exactly mm. how they're doing things. Um, you know, which is something that I did do, and and I think you know everyone should do that. And obviously, you could be really nice. Don't just ask random people if you can go around their house. Um, police will get called. Um, it's really fun. <laughs> um, this guy's peering through the window. <laughs> 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 Friends! 
That only happened once, didn't it, Hoss? I learned a lesson. Luckily, it was a nice... did that on to be fair, the first time I met him. He just turned up. Can I look at your collection, mate? Tapping on the window. Hi, Luke. Can I come into your bedroom? Hoss, you're in my bedroom. Oh, Hi. Best pair of tits I've ever seen, mate. Biggest bra you've ever had on your bedroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) You you touched on a little bit there. Um, You went travelling. Do you want to talk about sort of like where you went, what you saw? Um, Because I know when you you did sell up, you were sort of like adamant that you wanted to get out and about. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So I went to Malaysia twice and I went herping with a guy named Uthman Ayeb. He took me out and we found three different species of pit viper. Um, I was lucky enough to see and meet Tom Charlton on the side of the road who then went and showed us other bits and bobs. Got to see water snakes, reticulated pythons, all in their natural habitat. And seeing stuff like that genuinely makes you feel guilty when you come back to your own collection. Genuinely makes you feel terrible. Um, I recently came back from Sri Lanka and I went to Wulpatu National Park and the Turtle Sanctuary over there and that was just an incredible experience. I got to see things like sloth bears and various other crazy animals you never think you're going to see in the wild. So that was a great experience. And luckily, me and Luke are going to Madagascar in October. That'll be the big one. I'm so jealous. Get him off. I'm hoping to see that dancing fucking Lima. Can, yeah. we, can we kick them off now, or are we going to still talk yeah, to them? Yeah, before they start talking about this, get them off. Um, <laughs> yeah. have, have any of you been to Madagascar, be, to, uh, to Madagascar before? Uh, before, yeah. No. Uh, no. No, we haven't been to Madagascar, but the guy that convinced us to go has been more times than I've caught a bus. So, so you're talking about Adrad then, aren't you? Yeah. Irritating yeah. bastard <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We uh we had him on the show and like he was talking about where he worked and we was like, Oh, the listeners are gonna hate you for that and then he was sort of like started telling us what he works with and he was like, Oh, everybody's gonna hate you for that and then he started going on about where he's been and, <laughs> and all his herping adventures. It's just non stuff. Like... It's just non stuff, <laughs> isn't it? It's just, yeah. just never ending on a serious note, he's a fantastic guide by the set of um, by what I've heard. The guy and, uh, seriously knows his shit. Seriously yeah. knows his shit. He's a top bloke. But he gets paid to know his shit, doesn't he? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he does, yeah. He gets paid to do <laughs> what he does. Uh, yeah. Mm. He's the uh, well, well known as the uh, reptile rock god. Yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> <Grade> two tweaks. <laughs> Definitely. I got a I got a little question going going back a little bit. Um, okay. When you guys had your um, break out of the hobby, <clears throat> um, from an outsider's because you kind of became outside the hobby, um, from an outsider's point of view, um, did you see much change in the hobby at all? When it because I, I kind of noticed it all, all grow quite pretty big online. Um, only only a few years back, um, before then it was pretty scarce. Um, did you did you notice like a big change in how everything was done? It's a good question. I'd say it's become more popular online. I mean, it was very popular when we were doing it online too, but it's mm-hmm. steadily increasing, isn't it? It's constantly sort of getting 
worse, if anything. <laughs> yeah. People being a nightmare online, but no. There's some good people yeah. as well, but what was you going to say, Lee? I don't know. You just, you just take the Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw some, I, I saw some carpet pythons go up for sale for 25 quid the other day. Oh, oh my God, yeah. That's, it's a, that's upsetting, a big change. Change. That's terrible. You know. Yeah, it's a shame. It's such a shame because... Yeah, it's because everything just gets oversaturated. You know, you... You, you, you get these people that will go out and buy 50 snakes, you know, all of the, all of the same species and just put them all together, you know, constantly. And, and then we'll shout about it when they get eggs, you know, and babies and make a massive deal out of it and, you know, become the next big thing. Um, whereas realistically you, you put that many snakes together, you're bound to get some babies at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think Popular there's snacks. a lot more people doing that. Yeah, there's a lot more so people you get, doing like, that. All of a sudden, you get massive popularity booms, like the Mexican black king snake, all of a sudden, you yeah, like 600 yeah. quid out of nowhere. So people started mm-hmm. trying to sell all theirs off for silly money, and people were lapping it up. And then you're getting mm-hmm. the regulations coming and changing it, and then it'll go the opposite end again, because no one really wanted to keep them. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. They just wanted to. I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in uh, people people buying animals because uh, simply because they make good money, um, mm. not because they really want to keep it. You know, I, I see an animal, I'm like, wow, I, I I need to, I just need to watch that every day. That's what yeah. I want to do. I want to see that animal every day, and I'll yeah. and I'll buy it because of that because I because it's amazing. Um, I don't care if my. Uh, that's the truth, of you know. I've, I've bred in the past and, but at the minute I just, I don't really care. Mm. I really don't. I don't, I don't pair any of my animals because I just, at the minute I'm just enjoying keeping them all. I'm yeah. really not fussed if yeah, they yeah. breed or Brilliant. if they Yeah, if they do breed, breed right. anything. No, you know, no, it's not, not important, is it? Unless right you, now, that's what you want to do. So. Exa- yeah, you exactly. Know. I mean, you know, I, I will, I, I will pair things, you know, in the future. I've got a few plans, you know, for bits and pieces, but you know, nothing set in concrete. Um, you know, I'm not cycling heavy. I'm not. I'm not food cycling or mm. um, temp cycling at all at the minute. Um, no, so man. Really, really, just not phased. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm just not phased <laughs> by it um, because I do. I do think number one, a lot of the animals I keep um, are already abundant in the market. Um, you know, it's, it's it's simply not worth my time in respect to the fact that a lot of them will probably just end up in rescues. Um, you know, but that, but that, that Danny, you're saying that it depends what you want to do it for. If you want to yeah. breed just to make money, mm-hmm. then that's different. I, you know what? I, I, I mean, I've kept for a long, long time. I had a break for a while, as I've spoke about numerous times, but I bred because I wanted to do something with my kids. I thought they would benefit from it. And I can't think of anything better. I can't think of a better reason why not to breed, you know, yeah. but it was an uh, educational is, thing. It was lovely yeah, to and do. That is, a, that is a great thing. But but still, for me, at the end of the day, you've, you've still got to sell those babies. They've still got to go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And no matter how absolutely. much you vet people. Um, yes. without going to see them and meet them in person and see their houses and their setups, you really, you really never know. You never know how they're going to keep their animals. You never know, you know, uh, just sort of what kind of person they are. You know, you could vet someone and they can bullshit you all night long and they could still go and flip it two days later. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, true. So for, at the moment. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, at the moment, the hobby and I, and actually I don't see it get a lot better anytime soon. But at the moment, the hobby is just not in the right place for me um, to actively try and breed everything I've got. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we're mate. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I've been an absolute knob in the past, so I'm trying to mature a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if what it's do you mean in the past? Across, but yeah. Luke's still a knob now. Mm-hmm. I, st- I, said, I told you I'm trying. I don't know if it's coming across or what. <laughs> 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 Luke, we wouldn't have you any other way, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, like you say, I'm, I'm, I've bred just one pair this year. I bred one pair mm-hmm. last year. I, I'm, I'm not going to get stupid. I haven't got the room to do it, um, but I, I am enjoying, especially the, the, the pair that I've bred the, the, this year. You know, they're eight years old. They're, they haven't been put together before. I just wanted to see whether, you know, they, they would breed and, and by the looks of it, touch wood, um, she shed. Um, uh, last week, well, last weekend. So it's looking like, um, yeah, it's only it's only a couple of weeks now until she gives that's me awesome. some eggs. Touch wood. Um, but again, you know, that's just one pair. Um, I've never bred albinos before. Thought it'd be lovely for the kids to see yeah. some albino babies because, you know, that I've never gone through it before and they haven't. Um, and they're lovely, lovely animals. They're really, it's really classy um, animals. Yeah, and, uh, and it's something different, isn't it? You know, <clears> that it, it's not a huge um, abundance in the hobby, is there? So in the, on the market, so it's nice, no. nice that you're breeding something a little bit different. You know, that you know you're going to get some genuine interest yeah. from. Yeah, which is always going nice. back to our guest though. Um, what's your plans uh, for you going? Go- <laughs> going into the future um obviously snake calls back now um you've done a, a phenomenal thing with the glass frogs um what's next what what's what's your plans guys well domination what i'm selling him sell <laughs> <laughs> him as a substrate you yeah. are still a winner take Theresa May's job I'll take, I'll take a kilo straight away <laughs> start spreading disease like Colombian flu <laughs> is, that, is that what happens when you go frogging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but, um, we've got a few bits and bobs lined up we just add the glass frogs, haven't you? Another another species. You want to talk about them? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I fucking see, trying to get blood can, from a stone out. I can picture <laughs> Luke's face right now. I know exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Luke, 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 all Luke's saying is that we've done this. For, we've done this for an hour now. Uh, can I go? I need to go to the cash point. <laughs> Stop that show. I could do the fuck. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're on the same headphones and the same phone, so we'll have to shuffle down the stairs if you want to fuck. So that's a no-no. To, to, to be honest, we're we're starting to run out of time now, anyway, because we um we need to 
Danny needs to go and do all these uh, stupid moaning features. You're trying, you're trying to get rid of us. We're going. You're getting rid of me already. It's fucking harsh, isn't it? Luke sounds excited. <laughs> For the first time ever. Right, so if anyone wants to follow the work that you do, how can people do that? Uh, we've got a page, Snake Core, and pretty much that is the only thing we post that, on. That, that's um, on Facebook. If you contact us privately, Luke's likely to be very miserable about it. <laughs> so don't do that. He will you haunt you. If you're interested in anything on the page, and that's the best way to go about it, um, follow what we do. And we'd be grateful for that. Uh, Cool, man. But we're not bothered, really. I'm not gonna lie. Can I? Can I just add? Right, since I've known these guys, the 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 knowledge and the, and it, it, you know it wouldn't have come across tonight because you haven't had long enough to talk. But the knowledge these guys have got is absolutely phenomenal. They've done so much work in the past with so many different species that. If anybody's got any questions or, or whatnot, then, then you know these guys will more than likely be able to answer it. And if they don't, if they can't answer it, they will definitely know somebody in Japan that can. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, thank you for that, Mike. Very kind words. Uh, All right, we're just, son. We're quite shy people, so we don't. I don't even speak to my mom on the phone, mate. So you, you're privileged. This is yeah, a I mean, weird one for us. We're not very good at this sort of stuff. We did say this when we when you were asked us, but we've given it a good shot. Uh, we appreciate you, you, you having us Lads, no, you've, you've been, been perfect. Yeah, really, yeah, really good. Perfect. You know, we know it, it, some people can just talk on, on things like this. Some people really, really struggle. We've had so many people that we've asked to come on who we know would be absolutely phenomenal on the show. And they just said, oh, I'm just really sorry. I, ju I just can't do it. Um, so it isn't as easy as everybody thinks, you know, coming on and talking and, and trying to answer questions and, and, and just getting everything right. And you're conscious that people are going to be listening to it. You know, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So we really do appreciate you coming on, guys. We've hounded we you both, uh, for so long. Anxious messes waiting for you to phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> oh, no, you've been you've been superb, and uh, I know you've got so much more that we could talk about. Um, that we're uh, we're going to be hounding you again for another six months to get you on again because I'm no doubt you're going to have some projects um, in in the in the future that we will all want to talk about. Yeah, yeah we need hopefully to something up. a bit more specific to talk about. So. We can we can talk about why Luke's so bloody miserable. Oh fucking hell, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank, thanks for coming on. Um, take care, and I'll see you in Sutton Park in about half an hour. We love you, fatties. <laughs> love love you. you. It looks like an expansion valve. Fuck off. <laughs> Take care, guys. Tell out to that. See you later, guys. Love, love you. Bye. bye. <laughs> right, they was absolutely fantastic guys to have they on the show. Really were. I can't believe. Yeah, it was nice. It, it, it's re it's really nice to hear and talk about. Uh, the different sides of, of of it all, you know, it, it's all it's all good, well and good having a bit of banter and that, but it's it's nice to delve in a little bit with, you know, yeah. some personal some personal shit. There. Yeah, it yeah. yeah um, some some personal shit. All the listeners have just found out that Dave Clemens teabagged me. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's, that's a proper personal shit right there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is it is it actually safe to say that you've had Dave Clemens balls in your mouth? I, cu- I couldn't tell you. I was asleep. <laughs> apparently, I'm, apparently, there's photos to prove that uh, it, 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 it did actually happen. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never seen Ted photos, so uh, can't. I tell you what was nice though, guys. Um, Zach said, I've never heard Luke talk about it like this before. So, uh, you know, that's got to be a good sign that, you know, he's really um, on on the men now if he's if he's beginning to be able to talk, especially on a podcast in front of oh, millions of people. <laughs> you know, that's, that's fantastic, isn't what, it? What rating card are you getting? Millions of people. Um, I don't know. I mean... Certainly, the different. Certainly, not the one I'm looking at. There's about four, no, I think, isn't there? Well, yeah, I thought um... I thought it was billions. I thought it's underselling us. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it's four. Mike listens to it. You listen to it, Danny. I listen to it. And my mum listens to it. No, <laughs> your mum didn't this week. Four I watched. I listen. No, your mum didn't this week. I listened to it twice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I've run out of beer. Oh no. no. See, I haven't had. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess. I have had a little gin and tonic tonight. That's it. <laughs> no, I've got oh, a bit. No. It's fine. There's one left. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you're even functioning, Phelps. If I'm honest. No, I'm good. But you know what? I listened to last week's uh, podcast, and I realised when I don't have a drink, I can actually stream. I string my sentences together and get my words out. Although I couldn't say Emerald Tree Boa tonight for some reason. <laughs> oh, dear, Do you know what? Dear. It's one of them. It's, it's one of them snakes. Every time I see, when I say Emerald, it, in my eyes, it should be followed by Green, and then I get Green Tree Python, and, and I get all confused in my own That's little right. head. Got, um, a couple of weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I said carpet snakes. <laughs> No, no you said them. jungle. You said jungle snakes, like they do when jungle I'm snakes. a snake. <laughs> <laughs> jungle snakes. <laughs> jungle, no jungle pythons. They are jungle pythons. I thought, yeah, he's been watching. I'm a celebrity too. Much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm today. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. <laughs> uh, do I get to do my feature yet, Hoss? Um, you can if you want to. I'm. I'm I'm a bit upset to be completely honest. I'm a, Go on. I've had all my feels punched in on this episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to sit here and weep. We um, you, you know we we haven't started yet. Yeah, we haven't even got started, mate. Beep. Hoss has disconnected <laughs> his headphones. Fiver, he dropped off. <laughs> Go on, crack Go on, on Danny. Mate. Uh, yeah, so uh, a while back we had uh, someone uh, write in, one of the listeners write in with a little que- uh, question uh, or a request as something to chat about on Agony Danny. Um, and it was Denise Atkins. Um, she uh, she requested that we talk a little bit on uh, tips for exercising an overweight corn snake. Um, so obviously we, we just, we, we can delve into just this sort of any any species really um i think, I think oversized was, corn snake 
an overweight, an overweight corn snake. Yeah, did I say oversized? Overweight, oversized. Yeah, but overweight. Overweight. Yeah. Incredible. Um, well, it's it's easy to do. Um, yeah. You know, with, with any with any species, really, um, sort of depending on what you're feeding it and stuff like that, and how regularly. Um, because most, most I, I do generalise in here. Most rat snakes are quite opportunistic. They will eat pretty much whatever you put in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. on, you know, on a, on a whole. Um, so the first thing I think I'd start with is is look at what you're feeding. Um, because oh, if good, it's good if point. it's yeah if it's if it's a constant supply of rats, something um, that's got a high fat content fat content exactly yeah they're quite fatty um i would definitely start with my starting point i'd do it in steps my starting point would be to change the variety of the foods so you know one day one feed it would be a mouse the next feed it'd be a rat then it'd be maybe a chick um and then maybe a hamster or you know something like that or a quail or something if it can manage a quail i know they're quite big um but yes you know change it all up all, all throughout the year if you can uh, variety is key in my opinion um i try to feed a little bit of everything um you do, multi-mamates, yeah multi-mammates are actually really good uh nutritionally um they're, they're low in fat um so it might be worth spending the extra couple of quid just to have that have that um uh, a better diet for the um for the snake <clears throat> um and then i'd look at um how often you're feeding it and that that goes for for me what i try to do with mo- with most of my snakes is i, I want to see them pass that meal um, yeah. before i even think about feeding them again um with a lot of my snakes i can usually tell if they're getting hungry um especially the the, the colubrids <clears throat> the rat snakes i can usually tell they're out cruising about they're looking for food um, it's 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 quite obvious in a way. I come in with food. Do you know, do you know what, Danny? Wonderful. I can tell. Do you know when I can tell my uh, carpet pythons are, um, are hungry? They mm. all come out of their hides, and they're all either on top of their hides or on the branches, as though yeah. they're waiting for food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll sit and wait. They'll sit and watch. Or cruise. Um, yeah. Or cruise yeah. Around. Exactly. The, the carpet pythons will usually come out and and become active. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, or it when they'll become active and then they'll sit there and wait, as you say. Um, I yeah. mean, with my GTPs, I notice it, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll perch differently. They'll hang their heads down um, and they'll, you know, as, as they would in the wild, they'll wait for something to sort of fly past or run across the floor or something like that. Um, yeah. And the rat snakes, the, the colubrids um, mainly, because obviously the question was about corn snakes. So um, the rat snakes will become incredibly active. They, they won't stop. They'll be cruising around all over the place. They'll be tongue flicking all over the shop, you know, really looking for something to eat, um, you know, sniffing everything, see if they can find a trail or something like that. You know, it's it becomes quite obvious when they're, they're looking for something to eat, for me anyway. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I like to try and I like to try and move the feeds further apart, um, especially if one of your snakes is, looks like it's getting a little bit overweight. Um, just move the, the feeds a little bit apart. If, you, if you're feeding every three weeks, trust me, it's not going to hurt. If you feed every four weeks or every six weeks, it's not going to hurt. Um, <clears throat> especially not if it's an adult um, and you think it's overweight, move those feeds apart, 100%, move them apart and and throw your routine in the bin. 
for me. I don't feed routinely. I wait for them no, to pass a meal, then I'll give them a little break, and then I'll feed them maybe a week later. Yeah, um, keep them guessing. That's right. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and if I'm honest with you, I, I did go down the route of sort of like going right every 10 days or every 14 days. You know what I found? Mm. On, 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 after nine days, if I was feeding them every 10 days, the 10th day, they'd pop out and there was the new food was coming in. It was as though, yeah, they would just all be sat on top of their perches ready for it. So then yeah. I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to miss one tonight. Yeah, I, I which is almost... Predicting like, like exactly, in the yeah, wild, because... so just try and... Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a really really good point actually because it, it ties into this really really well, um, and it, it ties into exercise and stimulation and enrichment. Those the snakes that are coming out on day ten, and they know they're getting food, or you know they think they're getting food, is is just laziness in a, in yeah. a form. And um, they come out, they get the food, they eat it, they go back in their hide. That's it, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. for the next ten next nine days all they do is sit in a hide and do nothing. Um, so giving them them nine days to digest their food, letting them move their food, um, or, you know, wh- however long it takes, depending on the species, obviously, let them move their food, um, let them poo, um, and then give them a, give them a week or two weeks sometimes even to, to cruise around the tank, let them exercise as much as they possibly can um, and give them things to exercise on. Yeah. And give them new branches and, um, uh, different hides, you know, two or three different hides, two or three different levels, um, some, yeah, some burrows and stuff. Yeah. yeah, some burrows and stuff that they have to physically work their way through, you know, um, and actually use all of their body. Um, so it's a little know, bit every, like... Every like... edge of their body. <clears throat> Hoss, Hoss yeah. knows that the kebab shop's open every Saturday night. Yeah. Um, but been, then the other week, it was actually closed because I was having some work done. Oh, so he had to walk. He had yeah. to walk a mile down the road to get yeah. to the other kebab shop. I can't. And then I can't get any away. I'm already being. I'm already being quiet. I can't be any quieter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bringing you back in, mate. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's uh, that's my. That's my port of call. That would be my my three steps. Ah, oh, more than Firstly, look at what you look at. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I really want a kebab now. I'm hungry um, now. Firstly, step one. Step one is look at what you're feeding. Add more variety. Step two is um, what was step two? Uh, uh, stretch yeah, out your feeds. About. Stretch yeah. out your feeds. Yeah, you know, if you're feeding every ten days. That's probably no good, especially if you're getting overweight snakes. If they're adults, they probably shouldn't be feeding every ten days. Um, def- in yeah, fact, I mean, they, they go, really, they really go, shouldn't be feeding every ten days. From, yeah, yeah, they really, really shouldn't be feeding four or yeah. five weeks. Yeah, ten days sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Ten days is way too often. Um, I'm not saying that Denise Atkins was was feeding every ten days. I'm just you know, it's an example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stretch out the feeds. That's step number two. Step number three is add loads of enrichment. And make them work yeah, for I mean, their food a little bit. But also, Adrad said the other week, just throwing in some leaves will get them out exploring. Oh yeah, absolutely. I um, so, so, I'll tell you, you know, what, put a load of leaves. Oh, you did, I've, didn't you? Yeah, I've got a great example of that. Um, just the other week, um, I went round my old man's, and uh, he's got a, a big lime tree out the front, um, and it was blocking out a lot of light. So he said, "Can you come round on Sunday? Give me a hand. We'll chop it down." I said, "Yeah, of course I can." So uh, we chopped it down and we put all the we put all the branches and stuff in a in a in a uh, like a chopper. 
yeah. um, you know, which sort of mulches it all up. A shredder, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I said, I said, dude, give me a couple of bags of them. You know, I'll take them home and I'll I'll use them. Don't you call your dad, dude? Dude, yeah, yeah. Um, he's called family. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so I did. I took a couple of bags home, um, and it was all it's all just mulch and um, fresh bark and fresh wood, and you know. So I let it dry out for a couple of days, um, you know, just get, you know, some of the sap off, really. Um, obviously, I wouldn't put that in with um, lizards um, yeah. while, we're on the, while we're on the topic, if, if you know, if they're likely to take a munch on it or anything like that, or, you know, any herbivorous species, I wouldn't do that. I would let it dry out a lot more um, because the sap can be quite toxic. Um, but with snakes, it's, it's usually fairly good. Um, is it okay? So, yeah. Are you sure? I've always heard that you have to be careful with snakes with sap, certain uh, so, like pine and stuff like that. It, well, pine is quite nasty. The sap from pine is pretty nasty, but this one, this one's not too yeah. bad. You don't get a lot of sap from a lime tree. It's, it's not too bad. Okay. It's, it's, it's so, so there, just, not... just to the listeners, just do your research beforehand before yeah, you start what, throwing you, anything. Exactly. In yeah. Know what you're chopping sap. down. Yeah, yeah. Know what you're putting in there. Um, yeah, and it, it, even even if even if you're a little bit worried, just just let it dry out for a few weeks. Um, it's not going to hurt, no matter what it is. Let it dry out, let all that sap come out, yeah. um, <clears throat> and then and then put it in, um, because it can be quite toxic um, if you if you do it wrong. Um, but yeah, I you know I just took a few handfuls and um, I threw it in with the uh, what did I throw it in with? I threw it in with the Taiwanese beauty snake and the uh, uh, black rat snake um and i loved I, it I, I made the call i said five minutes both those snakes would be going mental in that tank and lo and behold within three minutes they were absolutely going wild they were cruising around they Honestly. Were going in and out yeah they were foraging through it all and exactly smelling it so just what the hell's going sense, in isn't it yeah absolutely yeah. and actually um one of the things i did notice behaviorally um is when i fed them after that <clears throat> their feeding response was like their feeding response is usually pretty crazy on, um, on those two. Um, but their feeding response was gnarly. It was really gnarly. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. The, the Taiwanese threw itself out of the tank, literally. Um, you know, I I don't know where it came from. (laughs) I think it got some sort of wild instinct come back and it it went absolutely (laughs) mental. Just something I noticed is pretty anecdotal, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice to notice things like that. Um, it does think just little tiny things like that add so much enrichment and stimulation to the snake mentally and physically. Um, and it, uh, to me, it's always worth doing just exactly the same as Adrad said, you know, it can just be a little bag of leaves, um, or some oak, some dried oak leaves or something like that. It'll all add new senses and smells and textures, textures as well is really important you know because th- there's nothing worse than cruising around on the exact same texture for a year you know or you know six months to a year you know it's, and it hasn't changed you've got to try and change that terrain change the substrates move things about you know make them think a little bit oh you know my hide was there yesterday it's moved what's going on a little a little tiny bit of positive stress yeah um can can go a huge can go a, a real long way especially to especially for me what i've noticed especially to snakes that aren't feeding very well if you change mm-hmm. their environment a little bit um 
and create just a tiny bit of stress, they it can help them feed um, because they think, oh, you know, some, something's not right here, and you know, I need to get some food in me and go and find somewhere to be secure yeah. and hide, you know. And, and obviously yeah. Lisa Burrell, you know, she backs that up 100% by uh, yeah. putting her baby snakes through a load of stress. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not, as long as it's not prolonged, you know, it's, it's good for the listeners to know it's not, you know, n- nothing, nothing too prolonged, nothing, you know, too aggressive. Um, yeah. Stress-wise, um, you know, a small amount of stress is very, very helpful to keep um, mo- most species uh, do, doing yeah. what they do best. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's um, that's really good, mate. Yeah. The, 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 there was one other thing I just wanted to add whilst we were talking about um, sort of like on the agony, Danny, and giving advice. Um, there was a video uh, Chaz Thompson put up from Snakes and Adders the other day, and yeah. I thought it was really, really good. It was really informative, and he spoke about with all the shows and the private collectors and people selling and buying offline uh, online. Um, that some of the really good checks that a really, really good um, uh, reptile shop would look out for. And he literally, I mean, if I'm honest with you, I, I fell in love with the snake he was handling. He was handling a false water cobra and it was stunning. Um, really, really nice temper. But the things he was going on about, you know, what to check on the snake, to check what scales, you know, look around their eyes. Um, if anybody hasn't watched it and he's thinking about buying a snake, watch that video because it's really, really informative. And I thought it was uh, it was one for, you know, a, a really good watch for people that are thinking of going out and buying. He goes through so many different checks mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it was superb. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, You'll have to uh, post a link on our group or something. I haven't seen yeah, that yet. Well done. Okay, so um, so earlier you heard on our intro, we, we had a little bit of uh, a little bit of a change up in the music. Um, so what basically the idea is what we want to do um, is help out help out local bands and stuff like that, and upcoming artists um, by introducing a song um, to our podcasts. And at the minute, what we're going to do is um, we're going to play this play the song as a as an outro, so you guys can you know listen to it out or you know not listen to it if it's not your cup of tea. Then you know it's, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, it's quite exciting though, Danny. Yeah, it's quite exciting, I know. You know, get, get some young up and coming bands. You know, we'll play their songs um, on our on our podcast, and you never know. Yeah. You could be saying in ten years' time, I heard them first on uh, Reptile and Chill. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It gives that it gives them a little bit of exposure. Um, you, you know, um, it helps them out to to where they're trying to go. Um, you know, me and me and Hoss. Um, certainly know how hard it can be to definitely uh, break into the music scene. Um, it's you know, Danny, you and Haas, you want to try it as a triangle player? I know <laughs> it must be even harder for you. <laughs> we keep telling you you should get an electric triangle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a little, it's just a little something we're we're trying. Um, so you know, let us know if you like it or not. Um, you know, because we'll we'll take it all on board. Um, but yeah, today's is coming from um, a band called Kingdom Keys. Um, they're a 
six pigs band um they're local to me um a few of them are, are really close friends of mine um been friends for for you know a long time um and their music is absolutely fantastic um their first ep is brilliant from front to back it really genuinely is um and the song we chose today um is very um it, it's that very relevant yeah it's very relevant yeah. to to the whole mental health thing um we we felt we felt it's very very relevant um it's a it's a it's a lovely track it really is uh, it's one of my favorites um so yeah um you know hope you enjoy it um and that's it do we what, what do we do wrap this up or um well i guess before we before we play the track um just our usual nonsense so if it's the first time listening to the podcast you can also find us on itunes spotify and most other podcasting platforms um if you haven't stumbled across on different social media platforms you can find us on facebook twitter instagram youtube and also if you want to hang out with the other listeners and get involved in our community if you go on facebook and type in reptile into your community group click join and we'll accept you in and before we we head off and play the song i just want to do a massive thank you out to our our sponsor blood ball reptiles so if you like sustainable frozen food and substrate um you know you're very kind of like conscious of the environment and that kind of thing then please go and check them out um they're a fantastic company um, and we're really proud to be uh be sponsored by them so that is about it for this week for reptile and chill thank you and good night good night love you bye You paid for the wild times on that day on Speak to him when you were young You fell in love that night He said you're everything that I live for And everything that I die for And you held him to that You break
Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though Cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke. Or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. <clears throat> Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.
Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm, unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke, zero sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.